Chapter Twenty Five of the Sealed Message by Fergus Hume. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Twenty Five, Geary's accusation. It would be hard to say who was the palest and most terror-stricken of the trio who stood on the terrace. Mrs. Crosby clung to her stern mother with dilated eyes, shaking like a reed. But Mrs. Birch, although stern and unmoved outwardly at least, was also pallid as for reb he leaned against the balustrade of the terrace scarcely able to speak before him stood todd and arnold gerald haskins and the girl whom he had treated so cruelly the girl whom he had believed until now was at the bottom of some rural stream the hour of retribution had come and in a flash the guilty man saw everything he possessed reft from him saw also the structure of crime and falsehood he had reared crumbled into dust his worst enemy would have pitied the major in that hour of agony you he faltered staring at mavis as though she were indeed the ghost he almost believed her to be you ah murmured macandrew complacently so geary did not deliver my message to you after all geary the major stood erect braced for the coming struggle and his face hardened did geary know this and he pointed to mavis i told him the truth last night and he never told me he never warned me reb clenched his fists oh the scoundrel i might have but there it is too late too late what do you mean by too late said mrs birch imperiously and throwing a protecting arm round her daughter fight for madge if you will not for yourself but reb paid no attention to her geary geary he muttered looking round with bloodshot eyes he was in the courtyard an hour ago and he did not tell me curse him he may be geary geary he raised his voice to an angry cry and ran swiftly along the terrace through the arch and into the quadrangle gerald took the hand of his wife and followed quickly with todd and the ex-tutor behind they did not wish to lose sight of reb for one moment mrs birch and her daughter looked at one another and madge hung back trembling but the mother suddenly seized the widow's wrist and dragged her a miserable figure pale-faced and shaking in her gay attire into the quadrangle we must see what michael will do whispered mrs birch passing her tongue over her dry lips he may win the day yet no no moaned mrs crosby he is lost at the far end of the quadrangle gerald and mavis saw the token of geary's drunken handiwork a considerable portion of the ivy-clothed wall had fallen outward and lay in ruins on the lip of the cliff three or four trees had been dashed into the pool below and there was a clear view across the ruddle to the green forest beyond the mystery of the enchanted castle was at an end and no longer a palace of the sleeping beauty it lay open to the world as morgan had said and now in its romantic quadrangle there were sterner doings than the moonlight wooings of lovers who had for the moment recalled the golden age when the gods came down to men geary geary shouted reb rushing towards the fallen wall and mounting its ruins there was no response and gerald fancied that reb had merely made an excuse so as to get near the river and throw himself in but guilty or innocent the major was sufficiently brave to face the sins he had committed and came down again slowly to the group near the battered sundial he was still livid but more self-controlled i shall deal with geary later he said thickly in the meanwhile i can deal with you 
we are quite ready said gerald tranquilly who are we questioned reb scathingly myself and my wife she is not your wife a marriage with a madwoman is not legal mavis shuddered and clung to gerald's arm it was the first time that she had been called mad to her face oh guardian she wailed how can you say that of me when i was so fond of you you had every reason to be fond of me said reb harshly and his eyes gleamed as he thought the girl was weakening i gave you a happy home in this delightful place because your brain was not strong enough to bear the troubles of this world mavis withdrew her hand from gerald's arm and looked scornfully at the liar whom she now saw in his true colours you kept me here that you might enjoy the money which my father left to me she declared in haughty tones you betrayed the trust your dead friend placed in you i was a weak girl and an ignorant one to believe in your lies but now she added stepping forward a pace now major Reb, and her use of the name showed the attitude she intended to adopt i call upon you to give me back my money and leave this place which belongs to me no mad woman can possess money said mrs crosby shrilly she saw the major's income was about to be lost and that it would be useless to marry him michael call the police and have her removed one moment said gerald quietly you go too fast mrs crosby but i am glad to see you at last as you really are i thought you were my friend i now see that you are my enemy my wife is perfectly sane and as her husband i shall see that her sanity is proved call the police call the police cried mrs crosby furiously and she broke from her mother's grip how dare you stand there and insult me gerald i was your friend and i will be your friend still if you will shut up that girl and apologize todd laughed at the weakness of this speech if you cannot find anything better to say mrs crosby you had better hold your tongue he said caustically even if mrs haskins is shut up the money still belongs to her husband major rebb has lost that for ever it is the money you are after madam yes it is yes it is said mrs crosby utterly reckless and defying the efforts of her mother to keep her silent if you knew the miserable years of poverty i have had you would not wonder at my wishing for the money my marriage with michael will save me from shame and misery and-and she choked with mingled terror and rage and mrs birch pulled her back roughly are you a fool to talk like this she muttered hold your tongue you silly child she shook her angrily wait until michael settles this affair major rebb she turned inquiringly to her proposed son-in-law i shall settle this affair very speedily said rebb walking across the lawn towards the archway my man shall go for the police or better still that coachman who drove you from silbury mavis shall go back to bring inspector morgan i am very sorry that you have thrust yourself into danger but i should not be doing my duty by society if i did not have you imprisoned as a lunatic asked mavis scornfully she had quite lost her old dread of the major by this time as a murderess he retorted prove that said haskins stepping in reb's path out of my way growled reb looking dangerous you have brought a serious accusation against my wife persisted the young man and i intend to make you prove it on what grounds do you say that my wife is crazy she has been all her life 
said the major forced to answer for he saw very plainly that haskins would knock him down if he attempted to pass the archway not that the major feared a fight but his situation was so desperate that he wished to adjust things as quietly as possible his threat to call the police was a bluff as gerald knew and because gerald did know reb was furious prove that she has been mad all her life said haskins coolly mavis has been with mrs pelham odin since she left here and that very clever old woman cannot see that my wife is mad nor can macandrew nor arnold nor any one else i can i can cried mrs crosby with a bright red spot burning on either cheek and looking very angry ah you are a prejudiced witness seeing that you wish to marry major rebb for the income he is now losing that he has lost interposed todd in a dry legal tone the conditions of julian durham's will have been fulfilled and mrs haskins now takes possession of her property how can you prove that my wife is mad asked gerald again and taking no notice of the interruption have you had her examined by two doctors according to law no replied rebb grudgingly then how dare you shut her up in this house i shall bring an action against you on behalf of my wife for false imprisonment you had better think twice before you do that said the major in icy tones for i shall retort with an accusation of murder you say that my wife murdered bellaria i do said reb doggedly i swear to it i dare say but you have yet to prove your accusation i am quite willing to allow mavis to be arrested gerald stepped aside go and fetch the police reb they will be here soon here reb started and turned a shade paler i left instructions at the police station before coming here that inspector morgan was to come with two men when they arrive you can give mavis in charge and then we can submit your accusation of insanity to a couple of doctors and your charge of murder to a jury then cried mrs crosby viciously michael will get back his money i think not replied gerald coldly i take charge of that by this time the courage was oozing out of reb who had not expected the young man to take up such an attitude cannot we arrange this matter quietly he asked trying to appear composed no said the other quietly the offer you made me in yonder room does not suit me an offer said mrs birch in her deep voice i offered to let haskins marry mavis and take her to america if he or rather she surrendered half the income i refuse as gerald refused said mavis proudly i prefer to stand my trial i am not going to pass the rest of my life under a cloud for your sake major rebb your sister your twin sister shall get the money cried rebb at his wit's end to how to deal with the situation ah you never knew that i knew when gerald told me said mrs haskins composedly and i more than suspected it before indeed charity allowed me to pass as herself so as to save me from you i shall repay that with three thousand a year my husband and i have arranged that you passed as charity cried reb amazed yes i danced at the belver theatre and it's a lie you couldn't what became of charity if you did that charity was with me said todd stepping forward with you yes as my wife major rebb jumped and staggered against the sundial so both the sisters are married he muttered they are said todd and they have agreed to share the income you have held all these years 
i am afraid that the game is up major reb said nothing the game was indeed up and he did not know which way to turn or how to get the better of his pitiless opponents mrs birch left her daughter for the moment and touched his arm why did you not tell me that there was another girl she asked hoarsely and savagely there was no need and the major shook her off there was every need you told me you told madge that your income depended upon mavis durham mavis haskins if you please interpolated that young lady mrs birch paid no attention on mavis durham not marrying you said that if in some way her insanity could be proved and she could be stopped from marriage that your income would be safe for that reason my daughter wished to marry you she loved me said reb unsteadily and looked at mrs crosby i loved you as well as any other man she said coolly and shrugging her shoulders but i would have married any one to escape from debt and duns and hideous poverty as you are now poor of course i cannot marry you come mother there is nothing more to be got here let us go back to our misery reb said nothing but turned very white the woman for whom he had sold his soul was ready to cast him aside like an old glove mrs crosby with a vicious glance at mavis and a look of indifference at the man she had professed to love took her mother's arm mrs birch was quite ready to go and indeed seemed to be in a hurry to depart but the path of the two was blocked by the tiny figure of arnold who had hitherto held his peace so you did know that the major's income depended upon mavis being prevented even by the murder of valeria from marrying what is that to you let me pass cried mrs crosby haughtily we arnold waved his hand to include gerald and todd we thought that you were ignorant and so could not guess what was your motive for murdering that unfortunate woman murder mrs crosby went a dead white and became as rigid as a corpse reb started and came forward you must be mistaken he said in shaking tones to arnold he is a foul liar said mrs birch grasping her daughter to keep her from falling let us pass sir no said arnold still holding his ground and speaking loudly while the others kept silence when inspector morgan comes you shall be arrested i shall give you in charge for this murder of which mrs haskins is wrongfully accused mrs crosby shrieked looking a pitiable spectacle of fear and shame as she clung to her mother but that stern lady although white and also terrified controlled her feelings with iron nerve on what grounds do you accuse my daughter she demanded i saw you and her in a motor-car at belldown i saw you on the way here you were at the gates of the pixies house shortly before twelve o'clock waiting for balaria whom you lured to the gate by means of a letter i was at bognor i was at bognor cried mrs crosby shaking with fear no interposed todd my clerk went to watch you at bognor neither you nor mrs birch went there at all you were down here come mrs crosby you may as well confess we can prove all about the motor-car and your presence here madge madge cried reb who looked horrified is this true but mrs crosby only clung sobbing to her mother being terrified almost to death at the same moment that reb spoke inspector morgan with a couple of policemen entered the quadrangle and advanced towards the group you wanted me here mr haskins he asked inquiringly 
i got your message and here i am with my men what is it in the first place said gerald quietly allow me to present to you my wife then when morgan saluted in a puzzled way he continued once known as mavis durham what morgan grew red and his eyes almost started out of his head do you mean to say that this lady is mavis durham mavis haskins now said the girl with a perfectly calm smile and i surrender myself to you willingly i arrest you in the king's name for murder gabbled morgan trying to recover his official dignity anything you say now will be used in evidence against you and he signed to his subordinates likewise startled out of their wits to take charge of the girl arnold sprang forward as a young constable placed his hand on mavis's arm stop he cried mrs haskins is innocent here is the guilty woman and he pointed to mrs crosby no no you can't prove that you dare not you i can prove it cried arnold bluffing mrs crosby was at the gate of the pixies house at the time bellaria dundee was murdered a dozen witnesses can swear that she was in the neighbourhood is this true morgan asked the little widow whose gaiety was all gone and who suddenly looked twice her age it is not true it is not true she cried mother and i were at belldown we went on to see major Reb at denley hush you fool muttered mrs birch shaking her you never came near me there cried Reb, and then became aware that on the impulse of the moment he had ruined the widow in a paroxysm of shame and terror for the man did love the miserable woman he added mrs crosby is innocent i swear she is i know who is guilty you everyone cried out inspector morgan loudest of all the scene was beyond his comprehension and he was on the verge of an apoplectic fit the whole scene was melodramatic and unreal and on the stage or when written in a book would have been described so by critics who is guilty demanded morgan fiercely geary adonis geary said reb the knife was his and i found him in the grounds when i arrived there was a savage shout before he could finish and geary sprang from behind the ruined river wall he had been concealed there and had heard everything but he did not appear until his adored master accused him of the crime then terror and rage made him leap forward half mad and half drunk you say one big lie sir he shouted with rolling eyes and a thick voice i loved you once but now you would kill me with a lie i tell you who did kill that poor bellaria who killed her asked gerald for morgan was too bewildered to ask geary looked slowly round and pointed to mrs birch oh mother mother cried mrs crosby i would have saved you if i could End of chapter twenty five